You're listening to the One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicky Kelly and Natalie MacGyver. This is the One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the life-enhancing power of paying attention and everyday ways to strengthen our capacity for mindfulness. I'm Vicky Kelly. And I'm Natalie MacGyver. Welcome to episode... 26. Yes, episode yes. 26. How are you, beautiful friend? I'm good. I'm doing great. Thanks. It's a beautiful, warm winter's day here on the coast and a day off. So it's lovely. I've had a beautiful day. How about you? I have deep envy for your warm day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure you do over there in New Zealand. It's freezing and raining and squally and not that nice. Oh, we'll stay inside and stay warm. So. I'm glad that you're enjoying some some warmth, and I and I trust our omlings from all over the world are uh, enjoying whatever whatever seasonal bliss their little part of the world is offering. So, what's today's show, Miss Natalie? Oh, what are we that's not fair. That's not fair to I throw it at me. You're the one with the blurb. Oh, I <laughs> that's that's actually true. Well, the blurb was. I'll, I'll start with the, the uh, story behind the blurb. The blurb was inspired by this year for the first time, and I was telling you before the show, this year for the first time, um, over my 15-plus years of, in training and development, particularly in frontline staff and, and um, point-of-sale staff, which tend to be our, our younger group, our millennial group, for the first time I've been asked from companies and and large, medium to large companies to train their frontline and point of sale staff in eye contact. I've never been asked that before. And so it's been interesting. I've done, um, I did two this week and I've done I think six in total now. And it's quite incredible the uh, lack of what I would see and you would see because we're on the upper end of young, <laughs> as as basic uh, manners, social manners. Our millennials don't have that because they're consumed uh, in their in their devices, and so they don't they haven't necessarily developed the need. And on top of that, I think that uh, as parents, I I can I can own up to maybe I haven't trained it as well in them because sometimes I invest too much time in my device and don't pause for long enough to look up on my screen. And so it's been a really interesting interesting pathway in helping these young people to reconnect with such a foundational and really important part of not only their own personal um, emotional well-being, their self-awareness, but also their ability to be able to connect with others in a really meaningful and positive way, and so it's been it's been absolutely illuminating. And so I thought this, today we could talk about the the rise the rise of all of the other elements, the conversations around um, well being, which which are diet and exercise. You know, exercise, gym. The word gym and CrossFit and all of those fifty years ago, Natalie, um, they were gyms as we knew them were non-existent. They were um, reserved for mostly school halls, and now on every corner uh, there there is some sort of a gym or a CrossFit centre or a fitness centre, and that I think was risen out of the the age of the industrial revolution where we just stopped sitting. 
stopped sitting. We stopped moving and we sat a lot more. And so we needed to manufacture new ways of moving. And then alongside that was our the you know the, the realm of processed food where we were looking for faster food and, and um, that fast food then became less nutritious because it was highly processed. And so then began the conversation of how can we get back to um, eating more healthily, and that gave birth to the dieting frenzy. Um, one to to sort of um, pull back on the the people overeating and and weight gain, but also simply because we weren't getting the nutritional value. So we've we've got diet and exercise, and I think the next um, growth when it comes to well-being is around our emotional well-being and because of our the way we consume technology because of our fast rushing paces which we both talk about and and, and have both been had personal experience with i think it's time to really consider what our emotional plan is and how we can manufacture if you like for want of a better word but really how we can manufacture um, better habits of mind and so I thought we'd dedicate uh, episode 26 to a conversation around that. Wow, that's interesting. It's really interesting to the whole topic of eye contact. You know, when I was growing up, um, it was such a, a an important thing for parents, other people's parents and teachers and people in authority to see that if you had your eyes if you had eye contact with someone, you were being respectful. If you didn't, exactly. they thought you were dodgy or shifty or disrespectful. Mm-hmm. However, where did that leave the people that were insecure or shy or intimidated by somebody staring into their eyes? Our beautiful introvert. Mm, yeah. So it was, it was, um, you know, it was always a really important thing that was drilled into into my generation growing up that you look people in the eye that you don't look away that you know and then the other side of it of course is if you're being disciplined and I went to a a Catholic school if you're being disciplined the last thing that would have been okay would have been looking the nun in the eyes Mm. so (laughs) this whole contradiction and then all of these years later um as you grow up, I think you you either get comfortable or you don't with looking people in the eye or, or how long you can maintain looking them in the eye. And then we're exposed to, to conversations and mindfulness practices and relationship practices that say some of the most powerful things you can do to build connections with others is to actually you know, listen with ears but maintain eye contact to show that you're fully present and fully engaged with them. And then we have all of these people, ourselves included, spending time on devices and having communication like we are now, Vicky, with no eye contact. No eye contact, particularly when the internet doesn't doesn't lend itself to being groovy enough for us to maintain our video contact. <laughs> not today, it's not. <laughs> Not today, and so we tend to rely on other forms, other forms of uh, connection. And part of part of that comes back to our language and in in these conversations, the use of our tone, because we don't have the ability to um, to be able to process body language. But eye contact, if if on a very fundamental level, is one of the first one of the the, the very first developed. Uh, tools for the brain that comes online and that's 
it builds empathy and bonding and releases lot you know the, the releases those bonding um, hormones through eye contact with uh, caregivers and particularly between mother and, and baby and over time we're able to strengthen that and through notwithstanding people with personality disorders or or deep mental or emotional suffering most of us have the capacity and the ability to strengthen our capacity to be able to maintain a kind and tender eye contact with with another person it can take practice but the earlier we we the earlier we can offer that to our um, our young ones in our own practice the better but when we when some of the some of the downsides of not having eye contact is we don't we don't get um, the the release that cascade and the emotional nutrients of all of those bonding chemicals the, the one of the really fundamental problems with with a lack of eye contact is it prunes away the, the empathy pathways in our brain and empathy is the social glue being able to walk in another's shoes is is the social glue that binds us together and has us um, come together and collaborate to help each other towards procreation moves us out of survival and into procreation and so when we don't have eye contact kind appropriate regular eye contact with people we begin to lose the ability and the capacity to empathize with others that sucks And so one of the one of the very first things that we look at when it and now now even companies are coming to me and saying, can you train these people in eye contact? Because they're they're recognizing the value. They're recognizing the value, I think, not only when it comes to to the the customer service element, but also probably on a bottom bottom line yeah. level. Because when I look at you and I'm and I'm at your point of sale person. And I engage with you deeply. I'm building customer loyalty. I'm building trust. I'm building rapport mm. on a micro emotional level. When I don't look at you and I and I just push the money across the counter to you for your change or tell you to poke in your FPOS number without any eye contact or any engagement, I'm less likely to come back to your store. Simply, merely because I might not even think you're rude, but you're indifferent. And that's enough for me not to come back. So it's wonderful to see that despite, you know, um, technology and the revolution of that and and how much more ease and connection and, you know, all the great benefits that brings to our businesses, it's really interesting to note that, that employers, owners, managers, customers are actually going, yeah, well, what about I want all of that. But I also want you to connect with me, build rapport with me, and and make me feel like I mattered for that period of time that we interacted. Yeah, that, and that is exactly right. And I think that's it. It was it did come as a surprise to me that these companies were inviting me into their groups to to teach eye contact, and in addition to that, teach emotional intelligence. So creating self aware people who then can regulate their own emotions and behaviors so when there's deadlines pending when there's a when there's a customer in front of them who's got a complaint they're able to to connect and regulate their behavior to be able to respond kindly with that person that's right there in front of them and that's something as i said in the beginning it's something that i think we have to begin to manufacture and train towards through 
of course, through mindfulness practices, that's my absolute passion, and that that recalls and reclaims our attention. But there are a number of other ways that that we can do that in building our emotional smart, in building our emotional strength, which in turn and is the is the the precursor to being able to build and strengthen our social connection and our social intelligence. Unless first and foremost we're we're self-aware and we can regulate our own behaviour, we're very unlikely to be able to to function adequately in a social setting, whether it's at our work, whether it's in our family, whether it's in an intimate relationship or or a friend relationship uh, or in, in a community, it's it's really difficult to be able to function fully and wholly in a community unless first and foremost we have that awareness and that ability to respond kindly with ourselves. And they say the eyes are the window to the soul. So, you know, you, you really feel a deeper connection when you've actually got somebody's eyes, when you've got their, their attention and you can look into their eyes and they can see into yours. And even animals, you know, animals will look you straight in the eye. Animals appreciate being, you know, they looked back into the eyes. Also. So it's, it's really quite a deep concept for something that you take for granted or what comes naturally to you to be able to maintain eye contact with with someone or when it's not yeah it's also and you make a great point around the animals natalie it's it also we have to be able to assess eye contact and eye contact uh when when we have so, so for instance one of the one of our fundamental facial expressions is a smile and we can smile for a number of reasons i can smile because i'm about to take advantage of you and i'm feeling feeling all righteous i can smile because i want to make a connection with you i can smile because I have a pathological problem. The 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 one fundamental difference is how that shows up in my eyes. Mm. That's the, that's the in my eyes and my eyebrows. But if if when you look into someone's eyes with a smile, it it uh, activates your vagus nerve, and the vagus nerve will tell you basically the vagus nerve. Um, will activate the the systems in your gut, and you know the gut feeling. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. So you can you'll notice the smile. You look into someone's eyes, and you know exactly what that smile means mm. organically. Mm. Now that comes from some um, deep seated evolutionary capacity, but it also comes from that initial bonding in those first few years when the the smiles are going backwards and forwards between parent and caregiver. And the more that we can do that, and I mean, that's just one of the fundamental, uh, you know, habits of mind that we can train. And it's, it's those plus a whole myriad of other ones that lead us to be fully functional, whole and complete uh, human beings, not doings, human beings, and with it, with an ability to, to be able to, to utilise our talents and treasures in the services of others. And, but to do that, we have to be able to communicate with others in a, in a meaningful way and not just via text. So why is it then, Vicky, that for some it's easy to maintain eye contact and, and they feel comfortable looking into the eyes of someone else and why, is, why someone would not feel comfortable? What do you think that's about? 
Well, I think partly that is about self-awareness and self-regulation, which is the first those first two components of, of our, our level of emotional intelligence. And so the more emotionally intelligent we are, so the more self-aware, so aware of our own feelings, and then our ability, our self-regulation component, being able to regulate our behavior in a kind and appropriate manner, the more we have those two components, the more able we are to connect with someone else. And that's the fundamental, that's one of the fundamental differences. Aside from, of course, as you as you alluded to in the beginning, there are some people that are just um, shyer than others. There are some people who are, are more introverted than extroverted. And, and there, then there are some people who all they want to do is connect with others and they will they will uh, follow follow them around and and with eye contact and until they can make that connection and so I think first and foremost one of the if we take if we take aside the personality um, traits or and or disorders or the the, um, the mental and emotional well-being of someone and the reasons why they wouldn't maintain eye contact I think the very the fundamental uh, an important part of that is building self-awareness and and self-regulation so being able to regulate be aware of our thoughts and feelings, regulate our thoughts and feelings, and then show up as the best version of ourselves. When we're showing up as the better version of ourselves, closer to that person that we would love to be, we're more likely to be able to maintain eye contact. Um, I think when we're feeling the the negative, closed off, um, shutting our brain down emotions, it's a lot harder to maintain eye contact. And then in addition to that, as as you said earlier, we could be being dishonest, lying, mm. colluding. <laughs> Who do you but hang we, out but with? But we won't talk about that part of the population. No, we won't. You know, it's uh, um, one of the activities that that um, I see are quite popular in personal development um, workshops and programs is to have participants line up, you know, two rows facing each other. So you just face a person in front mm-hmm. of you and to just for, you know, anywhere up to 5 to 15 to 20 minutes in silence just staring deeply into each other's eyes and um, when I've participated or crewed whether I've crewed that or um, been involved in it it's just such a a beautiful experience and a raw and vulnerable experience to participate or witness because it brings out so many things in people it can make them physically uncomfortable you know standing like that it -hmm. can bring up their own emotion. It, some people say that it brings up this massive amount of emotion that they feel for and on behalf of the other person. Um, but it, inevitably, each person will will feel more connected at the end of that activity as though they've you know they've fallen in love with this person that they've just met. Like they they get to see into a depth of them that we don't see in in people. And and that's exactly right. And it is it is that fundamental uh, element of connecting that that micro exchange. It's you can't have eye contact. Well, you can have eye contact with yourself. The most effective eye contact. We can't we can't look at a picture and get the same response as we would do if we're looking at another person in that's that we're face to face with. I, I can't have the same 
Well, we can't even have eye contact properly on uh, over Skype because when I'm looking into the camera and you're seeing my eyes, you can't be looking into the camera at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't have those micro moments of exchange. And then what occurs in those moments of exchange is we have the the exchange of energy, of vibration, of um, intuition, of behavioral synchronicity. When people, the, the, the studies that show when people have, have um, maintained eye contact for longer than 20 seconds, your heartbeat rhythms start to synchronise. Aren't we amazing creatures? And when our heartbeats um, synchronise, that is that feeling uh, that you describe of being in love. And love, we, we it's not doesn't need to be a romantic love. And I, I um, don't necessarily see being in love as a as as a, a romantic notion. Simply a romantic notion. I think um, there are other components of, of being romantically and intimately in love with someone, uh, but you can fall in love with yourself, with your day, with, with your life, with another person in that moment, through that micro moment of exchange. And those micro moments of love, of that feeling of being in love, are exactly that, they're moments, and they're not built to last. They're not biologically built to last. And that's... Uh, part of the challenge around long-distance relationships is that those those um, moments, yeah, those micro-moments of connection aren't actually built to last. We're not biologically made up that way. So so uh, the more moments of that, those exchanges you can have, the more amazing. But there are other... Other than eye contact, there are a lot of other ways that we can manufacture uh, better habits of mind when it comes to our emotional well-being plan. And I know that our omlings have lots of things going on around their uh, one-minute mindfulness practices. And so omlings, you're already doing this, uh, many of you who, who have this, even if you're doing it semi-regularly. So it's sort of like, oh, well, if I if I take a breath today, that'll do me for the rest of the week. That's a little bit like saying if I if I exercise once in a month, that'll mm-hmm. that'll do me for the rest of the month. For things to change and to shift, and for us to be able to strengthen our capacity, whether it be our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, uh, our fitness, we have to do things on a regular basis and make a commitment to that, and that sort of takes a plan. So eye contact could be one of them. Our breathing could be could be another one. Um, focusing, we, we talk, we've talked about this, and this is a really easy, I mean, it's not that easy. I say it's easy. It's an easy concept to, to grab onto, is focusing on um, more positive than negative when we can throughout our day. And so when we can do that, and that could just be at the end of the day as a reflection, or it could just be choosing to switch ourselves into a more open and positive state whenever we think of it throughout the day. And there's a ratio around that. Um, Barbara Fredrickson and her group of researchers created a, a, a ratio called the positivity ratio. And it was basically that you needed to experience between three and five positive events or positive um, noticings, feelings, emotions to counteract one negative because it's the negative things in our world that grab and hijack our attention and it's the and and have us dwell and ruminate 
we don't tend to dwell and ruminate on the positive things going on in our world. So you can go to um, a website and test your positivity resonance, if you like, Um, and it's the positivityratio.com. You can go there and do a small survey, and that just gives you an indication, a bit of a score, a core score on where you're at, and then you can go about creating a bit of a plan as to how you're going to shift your positivity resonance in a more um, youthful youth useful, helpful um, way. So that's that's a really good way to, to be able to, if, you, if you're someone that likes to chart your progress, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really great way to do that. And, of course, we've, and we speak about this often on the show, unplugging. And that, you know, that's unplugging from our devices, but it could also be unplugging from our um, difficulties. Even if we can do that just for a few moments, being able to unplug from our judgments, unplug from our um, self-sabotage, just unplugging from anything that's that's holding you back or um, causing you difficulty and suffering, even if you can do that for a moment and just take a couple of kind breaths with yourself, that makes a huge difference in your overall um emotional well-being and your overall ability to broaden your awareness and create some resolve with those difficult situations. Difficulty and suffering is is one of the fundamental truths of life. How we deal with our difficulty and suffering is something that um, is certainly not binary and and we have capacity to be able to, to respond in a myriad of ways with our difficulty and suffering. Some great tips there, and I know we've mentioned before about um, that great practice that you can do yourself, but how beautiful it is to share with your children and the people you live with. Is it the end of the day at dinner time or in the car on the way to school, etc., to actually check in and say, well, okay, what are three great things or five great things that happened to me today? So drawing our attention to that and hearing other people's great bits from the day also gives us an opportunity to stay longer in that vibration of gratitude and appreciation and positivity which is which is another and that's the that's the probably the perfect uh, way to bookend this whole thing is one of the, the one of the key fundamentals the absolute uh, must do is when it comes to our emotional well-being is connection with others mm. being socially emotionally connected with others in fact it's one of the key markers to longevity and happiness the the big harvard 75 year study talking and uh, was talking about um, overall happiness, meaning that included well-being, it included health. So it was it was a big, it was a broad spectrum. There was one thing that stood out. It wasn't wealth. It wasn't your um, your job. It wasn't relation. It wasn't your relation, your intimate relationship. It was those social connection. That was the number one. Um, outstanding out marker that predicted it was the number one predictor basically social connection you'll live longer you'll be happier uh, and you'll have a whole lot of fun (laughs) and your emotional well-being will be greater than your emotional intelligence will be and social intelligence will be greater than most people around you but it does take and this is what i've recognized it absolutely takes a plan and it has to be uh, 
manufactured, I think. You know, the next 10 to 15 years is going to be all about, as well as our conversations around diet and exercise, it's going to be how can we protect, preserve and cultivate really healthy emotional habits of mind. And where do we start? Like where do we start right now in being able we start to do with that? The, We start with the pause and unplug. I'll unplug from my my talking passion. <laughs> a nice deep breath and then liberating that breath with a smile. And if possible, when we smile, being able to, to um, have that micro moment of exchange in that smile with someone else. And so if, if the only thing we did is once a day, and particularly in the morning, you know, morning is a, the way we start our day is the way we live our day. And if we can first thing in the morning before we roll over and check the news feed and check what's going on in Turkey or where the next mass shooting is, if we could just pause, unplug, breathe and smile for the fact that we have woken up today and that uh, we hopefully get to connect with others, that just that, planting that seed will nourish us in ways that will have a compounding effect over the rest of our lives that uh, are, are unimaginable. Sounds beautiful. Sounds peaceful, doesn't it? Sounds very peaceful. And in fact, in fact, it's all of those, you know, those processes and those practices that we talked about, all of those practices awaken and turn up the dial on our calm and connect system. So our rest and digest, the parasympathetic wing of our autonomic nervous system. Most of the time we're living in this low-grade sympathetic response. But all of these practices that we talk about um, on, a, on a deep level awaken and turn up the dial on that calm and connect system, which is so important for our repair and our growth and our wonder and our... Uh, longevity and our happiness well thanks Vicky that's another great episode on on a on a topic that perhaps we we haven't it hasn't been brought to light too often or we haven't given it much consideration but certainly that being able to manage get control of have a function and a plan around our emotional well-being is is what we need every day with whatever we're dealing with even if we don't have a lot of immediate trauma in our life we still need to to have practices that help us stay stable and in um in balance of our own emotions and our own thought processes and things like that yeah and i think you know when we if if we can do if we can uh, create a plan and create healthier emotional habits in the good times it's going to build our resilience muscle, which is always a great thing, but it's also just going to mean that we're more likely to be able to respond with more emotional intelligence when it matters most in those really difficult times. So instead of waiting, waiting until our emotions are broken, if we build and strengthen our emotional intelligence and capacity for kindness and love and, and connection in the good times, it will uh, stand us well for when things are difficult. 
Good ideas. We'll share some of those tips on our Facebook page as well um, when this episode is is goes live on there. So that brings us to the end of another show. It's so exciting to be at episode twenty six. You know, that's yeah. it's just been flown by, hasn't it? <laughs> it's so flown by, and we're fast tracking our way. No, we're hastening slowly. (laughs) We're hastening slowly towards the Wellness Summit. So if you haven't got your tickets for the Wellness Summit yet, make sure you jump on to thewellnesscouch.com and grab your tickets from there. Register your – I think you can register via there. There's also lots of other great shows and there's always new shows popping up on the couch. It's hard for me to keep up with all the shows, Natalie. It's um, There's just some amazing people – contributing in really amazing and meaningful ways so if you haven't if you haven't explored the smorgasbord of wonderful shows on the couch make sure you do that now and do go and subscribe to us on itunes and share and tweet and twitter and click and post with your like and love (laughs) and love and snuggle the snuggle out of everyone around you excellent while maintaining a beautiful healthy eye contact sounds like sounds like a good plan to move forth in to the next few weeks <laughs> so yes until next time snuggle your way through your days with lots of eye contact lots of pausing breathing unplugging smiling yeah and um strengthen your capacity and those around you to be live more calmly and connected uh, in those times that are good and those times that matters that matter most see you next time see you ciao this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.